Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. Let's go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, yeah. You guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Pete, oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. Spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's It, it seems like, and I, and I know that this... Maybe I just need to get all of my energy out right now because um, contributing to the conversation going forward is probably be like. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's why I, I have to that. let you go. That's uh, that's a thing. I I know that, um, but I'm I, I seem to be getting even like further like entranced in the fandom, and that's I went to my buddy's house this weekend. And we turned wands on his lathe. <laughs> and it's the most manly and nerdy thing you could ever do. <laughs> right. Oh, and I think that was that was the point of contact like between us. I went to Adam Jones's house. Oh and, yeah. I, I kind we, of assumed we like, hadn't seen them in over a year. And uh, he and Harry Potter, like he's watched it because I forced him to, but he probably hasn't watched it since. Uh, me, meanwhile, it's like my, it's my like my less classy version of what Christopher Lee does every year, where he reads through the Lord of the Rings books. I, I read through the Harry Potter books every year, um, and so we were watching this uh, wand maker that I've connected to on Instagram. He has a YouTube channel, and Adam loves YouTube, so we were watching his um, him turn wands. He goes, "Dude, let's let's do it." What? what he goes let's go and so we just jumped up and went to his wood shop and turned wands on his lathe and i if there was ever in my life where i thought that magic was real <laughs> it's i felt like i was connecting to my non-existent fictional ancestors in a deeper way than i ever have <laughs> <laughs> and I, I turned my daughter her first wand on a lathe. <laughs> Are you? Is that a tear behind those Warby Parkers that I see? Yeah, well, I'm the anti glare coating. <laughs> you need a moment. Okay, my moment's done. Let's let's get to the. Um, let's um, get down to business. Now, I, I do have one more <laughs> Harry Potter question. Is there like Wait. a canon? Like, is there like how how do they? Is there like a how they make? Their wands canon way that they describe yes. or talk about? Um, so that information has come out uh, kind of slowly over the years through the different um, supplemental materials and stuff that she's come out with. Um, you know, Pickett, um, the little bow, bow truckle, the, the little green mm -hmm. twig dude. So bow truckles live in trees that are known to produce um, wand wood. If bow charcoals do not reside in that tree, you can't use its wood to make wands. But bow charcoals are notoriously hard to see because they're just like little walking stick men and they just blend into the um, surroundings. So it, pretty much any tree or any wood can be used um, to make a wand. Uh, some of it's based off of the Celtic calendar, um, the Celtic tree calendar, but there's uh, also obviously other sorts of um, wand wood. The core has to come from some sort of magical beast. We know of like Phoenix Feathers, the, the big popular one, because um, that was Harry's wand, that was Voldemort's wand. Unicorn hair um, typically favors pe um, people who are more 
uh, well, Hufflepuffs. They like they they're hard workers, but they don't like incite like violence and they're loyal and they're friendly. Dragon heartstring, because of the way that it was procured, uh, tends to go uh, people will with dragon heartstring cores, a wand that chooses them, tend to have a more violent nature to them because that's the only method out of the three main ones, unicorn hair, phoenix feather, and dragon heart string, where something had to die to give the core. The feathers can be plucked, the hairs, like well, Hagrid collected unicorn hairs off of the bushes and brambles like in the forest. Um, other wand cores, uh, there's the horned serpent horn. Uh, it's an American magical beast that has been known to um, give wand cores. There are some uh, there are some mentions of demiguys hair being used as wand cores, which makes them you know fairly good at concealment because the demiguys is the thing that can turn invisible. A thunderbird feather, or a tail feather, but it just has to, it has to be from a, like a magical creature. Now the question I have is, is can Jason Isaac's hair be used as a wand core? Uh, most definitely. Because that, that hair is magical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I had, Cody and I have this theory. Um, Cody thinks that Jason Isaac's character in The Patriot is um, a descendant of a Malfoy, but he was a squib, and that's why he's so, like, <laughs> like, angry all the time. I have a theory that Mel Gibson failed out of Ilvermorny, and he had his wand snapped, but he keeps the pieces in the American flag instead of um, the umbrella, like Hagrid. <laughs> Expecto patriotism. <laughs> I think my wand has the uh, tail feather of a chupacabra. Is the the core? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it definitely happened. Okay, I, I have a question for you before, because uh, this will tie in because there was some. Um, I would call them fantastic beasts in what we're going to um, talk about uh, of like mythic proportions. But what do you think would be the magical creatures of America? I know Bald that eagle, uh, definitely. Okay. Big be one. Big Chupacabra. Muppet. The jackalope. Muppets are definitely magical creatures. <laughs> the jackalope. Yes, that I feel like jackalope horn can be used uh, in wand making. Right. Um, I also have a theory. Snipe, yes, yes. I was yes. talking to Kristen about that. Uh, Snipe is definitely a magical creature. I a um, a Sasquatch. Yeah. Uh, yes. I feel like a Sasquatch is probably a distant cousin to the Demi guys, and it can see in probability and turn invisible. And that's why some people think they get a glimpse of it and they turn back and it's gone. Right. And that's why, I mean, humanoid. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> is is the dodo was the dodo bird in America? Uh, South America, I believe. Yeah. So okay. it's like Area Fifty One like, housing cannot... magical creatures. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm just if Rowling is not going to give me the American history of magic, like I I'm I'm slowly like fleshing it out in my brain. Of like, oh, if you live in this region, what's what is your wand core most likely? <laughs> like, well, how would an American wand maker make a wand? I mean, twenty twenty is definitely the Wizarding War of America, right? Like, yes, like the reason why like, everything so is melting down. It's the like the, the, the dementias. They were everywhere, <laughs> flying and 
<laughs> Think about it. That, that's why all well, the crazy stuff is happening. We're in the middle of a wizarding war. We just can't see it, but the Dementors are going around sucking the soul out of everything. That's true. They got out of Folsom Prison, and now they're just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh man! I, I mean, there are guys. definitely wizards. In, there are definitely wizards in Appalachia. Like, oh, absolutely! Oh, yes, there's some weird stuff going on in Appalachia. Oh yes, yeah. there are some brews being made right now that I know of <laughs> from some wizards. Uh, <laughs> William, since you have little to add to this conversation, why are we here? Uh, well, okay, so I, I'll introduce it. And I wanted, it talking about Harry Potter first is a good frame of reference for how I have been perceiving The Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, as of this recording, we are three episodes in. We are recording this on a Tuesday evening and I am going to bust my tail to get this episode out before the fourth episode comes out. But we are three episodes in. I guess it would be episode 9, 10, and 11, um, since it's just picking up from where the other season left off. Okay, Things have happened. And it. I feel like a person who has no prior experience with the uh, wizarding world has saw a title for a movie entitled Fantastic Beasts and they were like, I like animals. And they walk <laughs> in to watch this movie and they have no I thought was gonna be in this. I, I have no earthly idea what's going on. Uh, especially with episode eleven. That's that's how I felt. Uh, when we get to episode 11, uh, I'll explain why. I see some nodding. I feel like people <laughs> tend to do understand. But we're talking about The Mandalorian today. Um, we're in the thick of um, season two. Uh, I th I already, just talking offline, I feel like there's a bit of a disagreement to uh, what were the best episodes so far. Uh, so that's that's what we're going to get into today. I... For some backstory on, and we talked about this in the Star Wars episode. I've I've watched the movies. That's it. I have watched the uh, the prequel, the main, and the sequel trilogy. I enjoyed them. Uh, I did not have a strong visceral reaction one way or the other. Uh, I thought they were fun movies. Visuals were great. Obviously, they spent that much money on them. They had to have paid their visual graphics people pretty well. And I left it uh, <laughs> bad. I either, I judge a movie based off of whether I can um, like feel my ears when I leave. Because sometimes my, my like blood is pumping so hard while I'm in the movie that my ears go a little numb. That's the top end of the scale. And the bottom end of the scale is um, wondering in an existential crisis kind of way what I would have done with that two hours that I'll never <laughs> do. Uh, Star Wars so was definitely- more toward the, uh, okay, this was good. And um, so I came into the Mandalorian um, knowing nothing about Mandalore, because that's a thing, apparently. Knowing nothing about uh, the Mandalorians other than, hey, he kind of looks like Boba Fett. <laughs> that's it. That was my frame of reference for the whole thing. And I have to say, I've, I've very thoroughly enjoyed it. But we're starting to get to those... I could tell that there's been some fan service and some Easter eggs thrown in there. 
And I, I know enough to know that's a thing, but I don't know what the thing is. And so that'll be, that, we'll use that as the jumping off point. But let's, let's talk about um, episode eight. No, 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 nine, mm-hmm. nine. Because episode eight was the finale of the last one. So we'll talk about episode nine. Um, now, I don't, ugh, I'll have to pull up the titles of them. Here, is anybody? The Gunslinger. The Gunslinger, okay, okay. One thing that I feel like Dallas, of all people, would appreciate is that Cobb Vanth, the guy who discovered, who found Boba Fett's armor, is actually a character who is native to the books. Yes. He was a book he was a book character first. Basically, shortly after the Empire fell, um, Tatooine was in complete and total chaos because they not only deposed the Empire, they also deposed the Huts. It was complete anarchy on Tatooine. And it basically, there are some discrepancies there from the Aftermath trilogy where Cobb Vanth came into, this, came into the story versus you know how they presented it in the mandalorian so there's already people going you know not everything is canon anymore well the thing is 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 that the aftermath trilogy was by and large either garbage or mediocre so i'm okay with them changing things (laughs) but by and large the story of cobb vanth and how he got the armor and how he became sort of like the marshal of this town it pretty much tracks the same way. And I really, I personally really liked the idea that they found Boba Fett's armor. They found it. It got you know, like Beskar isn't digestible. I was, but, I was as we know, like it, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's something that you all know. I assume as big of a deal that they made about the Beskar in season one, that it's like vibranium or adamantium, like it's indestructible. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it, it's a lot of the ways it is, but you know I didn't know for sure if Beskar wasn't digestible. I mean, it's it wasn't digestible in a Sarlacc pit, but for me in that episode, I think it was a it was a fun opening episode. I really don't care if Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc pit, like. I think our Jinjarin, you know, our Mandalorian was cooler than anything Boba Fett has ever shown us in any content thus far. That I'm just like, you know what? Leave him dead. He went out like a punk. Let's leave him dead in the Sarlacc pit. You don't need to bring him out again. And because what worries me is that I think our Mandalorian is so cool that with the coming of all of these legacy characters and all of these characters that have come up in other mediums, that it's going to take away from our Mandalorian and the child. That's, baby, that's funny that you you bring up that analogy because I, I feel the same way about the Fantastic Beast trilogy. Like in the first mm-hmm. one, I thought Newt Scamander was such a compelling character. Like he flipped... Mm-hmm like traditional like male movie hero flip that whole dynamic on its head like he he did not like pick a side when you know there were warring factions and people could have like thumped their chest and like you know rattled their shields like he tended toward um like peace and civility and he like was very caring and nurturing and it was such a compelling character because it was such a shift from your traditional like male hero stereotypes 
And then now all of a sudden there's Grindelwald. Oh, I know that name. Oh, there's Dumbledore. Oh, he had this big epic duel. And it's like they shifted the focus. And I hope they keep the thread of Newt through the whole thing. But it's like, oh, Dumbledore is more hard charging and like he battles and like Jude Law, like, <laughs> like, like people, the memes that came out about Jude Law being cast as Dumbledore, it's like, oh, please don't make him the leading man from now on. Keep it on Newt. Because, and I, I, I got that feeling as the season has progressed that it's, um, there's already established fan favorites. Let's throw them in. And then I don't want, like, you know, like you said, our Mandalorian to be like, yeah, to the wayside. And, yeah. and part of it is due to the fact that one thing I never liked about the old expanded universe was that by the end of it, the film characters were becoming gods. Yeah. Like they were getting so powerful. They were doing so many cool things all the time that like Boba Fett, like died like three times, helped save the day. It was just, it was just getting nonsense towards the end of the old expanded universe that I was just like, you know what? Keep him dead. Like have well, that him, have that not him in the armor, you know, say that, Oh, the armor survived. Maybe we could have the gunslinger where someone like inherits the mantle of Boba Fett and make the armor, the, the sort of the central focus of it, but have Boba, have Boba, but having keeping Boba dead, I think, would have been a nice change from like all of the history from the old universe. Uh, just a disclaimer: I feel like we've kept it relatively spoiler-free up to this point. We are, if you have not watched episodes mm. one through three, go watch them because yes. I, I could sense it, I could feel it in the force that we're getting ready to throw some heavy spoilers. <laughs> this, this, pause it now. You have been warned. If you've already watched it, continue. What were you going to say, Dallas? I agree that, that Boba should should stay dead. I like the fresh new Mando. They did a really good job of like bringing an IG droid that wasn't IG-88. Like We're doing new things. Um, I enjoyed old uh, Legends. Uh, Boba only got three books, and then his story was, was tied up. But his stories were a lot like uh, these first two at least started. They were just like happy, fun, bounty hunter adventures. Yeah. You know, he was, there was, you know, they eventually take down Kuat drive yards at the end of the three books. And like, that's the end of the story. It doesn't really affect a whole lot of, of other things. And that's what I wanted. And that's what I feel like we got, at least with the first two uh, episodes here is like just happy, fun time adventures uh, with this Western gunslinger and his new kid psychic. Um, <laughs> right. well, I think and, a lot of the whole Boba Fett's armor showing up is a, they're playing with a lot of kind of shock factor this season that I kind of like. When you saw someone wearing Boba Fett's armor standing in the door of a cantina, the doorway of a cantina, you're like, oh my gosh, is it Boba Fett? And of course, not Boba <laughs> Fett's body type. Oh, boom. Oh, I know. This like six inches taller than Boba Fett. Yeah. No, right? <laughs> I was like, Boba Fett's been on a diet, you know? I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> obviously he didn't live in a pandemic. Gosh. <laughs> Boba Fett ate the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> right? And then and I jumped to episode three, but I think there was kind of a buildup with a certain actress 
saying, you know, there's so much rumor going around and brewing. And really, in my opinion, mm. she wasn't really all that important. It was somebody else, you know. They've yeah. got these yeah. attention grabbers like Boba Fett's armor. And, oh, there's a new female actress that could be this person or that person. And then, boom, totally, totally blow your mind. So yeah. I like the top factor of, the, of season two so far. And I think Boba Fett's armor was a part of that. Right. And they've dropped other little things in other places like uh, the beginning fight scene in uh, the first episode of this season uh, in the, the arena uh, with the two Gamorrean pigs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, duking yeah. it out. Uh, there used to be an old PlayStation game called Masters of Terrace that was just, it was a beat em up game with Star Wars characters, and you could play as Gamorrean pigs duking it out in a ring. And so I don't know if that was a little callback there, but they have that, the crate dragon and the crate pearl and the way that they try to destroy it was all like, that was all things that came out of an old uh, Knights of the Old Republic game uh, that had just the craziest story that got me into uh, like extended, you know, universe stuff uh, back in, in the day. Yeah. Uh, but all sorts of just little things that, that absolutely matter none like it doesn't matter whatsoever um mm. but as seeing those things or playing those things i'm like huh huh, huh. like it's not gonna matter in the story but it was there i loved the crate dragon oh yeah oh it was a great episode like that it, i mean talking about like a fantastic beast of like mythic proportions those were that was one of those like how on earth I, I didn't know how they were going to like beat it up. They ended up doing the like Hercules getting swallowed by the Hydra and <laughs> killing it that way. Um, but I mean, it, that episode to me was like uh, if the quite literally the sheriff from justified went out to the Arizona town <laughs> where they had the tremors. <laughs> oh yeah. That's all. This is the best episode of yeah. justified. And the best sequel to Tremors I've ever seen. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like if Reba McIntyre shows up, like I'm done. Just out with a fifty caliber machine gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the special I, I forgot she was were in that. odd point. I, I feel like the special effects in that episode were oh unbelievably uh, well well done. The the level one thing I've always been impressed by this show is like the level of practical effects that work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like as much tangible, you know. Dave Filoni loves George Lucas, and you know he he respects George Lucas and will not say a bad thing about the prequels and all the CGI about it but they have definitely taken star wars back to that original trilogy these are puppets you know these are these are puppets these are guys in suits this is prosthetic makeup you know the mandalorian was industrial light and magic actually had to reopen their model making division for the first time and their actual like puppetry division after they had closed it down after episode three wow yeah, and they went straight to CGI and digital. They actually had to bring it. They actually brought it back. Wow. Well, it is paying yeah. off because, because there's times where, like, I'll go back. And I'm like, what in the world? And just look at the world. Like, nothing going on. Just all the little details. Yes. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what caused people to love Star Wars to begin with was yeah. you know tell this was a world that people lived in like yeah. it was that used universe there was a history there the, the skeleton of a crate dragon shows up in a new hope i know yeah. it's never explained there's nothing there it's you know it's it's just like oh that's a creature that exists on this world and it was one of those touchstones of yes it's in the desert but it's alien yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's those little touches about it that made that made the original trilogy catch fire as well as it did. Um, and I think it's bringing it back to that core. And since it doesn't have the pressure of making like two billion dollars, <laughs> right. seven, eight, nine did. It it didn't have that pressure of making two billion dollars. It could experiment like this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could, you know, work work this way. This was honestly the Mandalorian is a Star Wars fan passion project more than anything. It's Probably. not meant to sell to the masses. They just drop like any great like the original trilogy. They just drop you in the middle of the action and they expect you to catch up. Yeah, that's true. They, yeah. they expect you to figure it out because all you ever knew whenever you watched episode four was okay, there are rebels, there are there's an evil empire, they've got plans to the super weapon, go. And they just drop you in the middle of the action. They don't explain everything. They don't, they just they just have you they give you a little bit of context in the in the opening crawl, and they just say go. Yeah. And you know, honestly. Maybe the Mandalorian could use a bit of an opening crawl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do that instead of like the little brief recap that they do. That's like last time on Mandalorian. <laughs> and like they show like little bits that are gonna gonna be a part of. Well, I always said that Rogue One was the one Star Wars movie of the Disney era that needed an opening crawl, and it was the one that didn't have it. Yeah, because you're introducing <laughs> new characters in a new scenario, new setting. You're you're not following any established characters. Let's set the table in the opening crawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, let let's set the table in the opening crawl. But it was the one film that didn't have it. Yeah. You know, Last Jedi didn't need an opening crawl because it literally s started thirty seconds after the last film. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just an intermission. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> Go to the bathroom. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah, and then come back. Yeah, and I did then we're because back. I was throwing up the entire time. Oh, <laughs> I'm just oh gosh! <laughs> All right, um, Tyler, what did, what did you overall think of of episode nine, chapter nine, or season two, episode one? So I've seen a lot of hate directed toward episode nine. Oh, well, no, no, no. Episode nine, that's the first of season two, right? Is that what you're asking? My overall? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, I definitely think it started season two with a bang, for sure. Mm -hmm. I loved every minute of it. I'm a huge fan of the Crate Dragon, as we discussed. I was a big KOTOR fan, so Knights of the Old Republic. So uh, bringing back the Crate Dragon definitely grabbed my attention. I almost worried when I saw it that they had set the bar too high. Yeah. Like, this is the first episode. I'm blown away <laughs> by it. Will they be able to come out with the next episode, a, another episode that would make me like, whoa, I can't wait to get back next Friday and see what, what comes next. 
Now, you said about all of the like shock and awe earlier. Mm-hmm. Did, um, you at the end of that episode, you we all saw Tamara Morrison, right? You know, formerly Django Fett, now an appropriately aged Boba Fett. Yeah, I did think that was neat. I, I mean, yeah. that's assuming I like what they that, did there. Yeah. That's assuming he is. Is that Boba Fett? That's what I was getting ready to ask. Right. Is it? Okay. Oh, are, is this thing. Captain Rex? Is this a clone? Another clone? Like, well, he was where he was carrying. What is it? A gaff stick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That that Tuscan Raiders carry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay if they just leave it where it's at. My thought is that moment at the end of that episode was to give closure to all the Boba Fett Boba Fett fans. To let them know that he's not a big Sarlacc turd somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could have been a Sarlacc turd. We just don't know how he got out. <laughs> right, right. I There's only two people. ways. <laughs> then, then you have Ace Ventura, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I'm okay. I, I really feel like it was just a nod to the fans. I'm okay if we don't see him again. I think that just gave a lot of I, Boba Fett fans closure. I could be wrong. Just I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Unless he's like some clone, you know, because there are still some clones rolling around at this point. Right. And this was sort of like the bait and switch. Right. Um, to be there, fair, wasn't Boba Fett a clone? But he, he was. was. He was the one clone that Django was like, mm, I want that one. He won that one in like not ex- with accelerated aging that oh, the other clones okay. that yeah. the other clones did because the the way that the Clone Wars worked was that all of the clones they were able to like you know they were honestly like children even though they were full grown adults in terms of their age explains, like that explains the aim fair it's enough true. well no like clones were actually game. a good shot it's the stormtroopers that were the problem. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and the stormtroopers are just regular people. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would agree with Tyler. I hope this is the last we see of Boba Fett, and that's just them riding him off into the sunset. Quite literally. Again, I, I like that. I like closure. I'm somebody who likes closure, but I don't want to see him again. I don't want him to take our attention away from Din Djarin. Uh, William, what are you doing? Wasn't that was my dog scratching himself. <laughs> oh, that was Tyler. <laughs> well, William, William, take your collar off. <laughs> scratch, a little, <laughs> scratch a little softer, please. Jeez. This is dangly bracelets with all of his <laughs> arms on it. <laughs> They're my bangles. <laughs> all right. So how okay now, episode ten, Frog Lady. I personally, even over the crate dragon, I thought it was the best episode so far. Really, discuss. Okay, <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, it didn't try. It didn't. It wasn't trying super hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the last one maybe was, uh, maybe trying to set the bar intentionally very high. Uh, the second one was just, let's go on a cool adventure. Like, things are happening. 
yeah. let's do. Yeah. That's what I wanted out of all of this is just like contract and bounty hunting stuff and not necessarily trying to tie into some sort of greater story that everything else is a part of, but just, just a dude doing cool stuff. Well, first of all, have you all seen the controversy around Baby Yoda? In it's, this it's a non-troversy. It's a non-troversy? Is that what you said? I agree. <laughs> yes. People have been slinging hate at, at episode 10 like crazy. Baby Yoda is the only thing that's keeping our country together at this point. Don't take that away from me. <laughs> Let's cancel Baby Yoda. Like, yes, he's 50 years old. I, I'm assuming it's he. It, it's a he, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The child is 50 years old. But in the lifespan of whatever Yoda is, that's a toddler. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I, I, almost every other sentence that I uttered from age one to two was get that out of your mouth. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Nothing about baby Yoda's behavior surprised me in the slightest. Yeah. It would be different if Mando was sneaking off and like slurping an egg every once in a while. Then we can get a little controversial, but it's a baby. But I think I think there's some some season one amnesia going on here. Okay. Do you guys remember the episode where Baby Yoda has frog legs hanging out of his mouth? Yeah. Okay. I am a human who likes chicken. I eat chickens and I eat eggs. <laughs> right? Like to me, it's just kind of the natural progression of things. If there aren't chickens around, well, an egg sounds good. If there aren't frogs around, I mean, I guess he could have eaten frog lady or gnawed on her leg or something. But I mean, well, they talked about uh, they talked about like this is atrocious. He is eating the unfertilized, unborn spawn of that poor lady, and I'm sitting here thinking, you've got. Likely, you have 12 of them in a recycled cardboard carton in your refrigerator right now. Right? Yeah. Now, the difference is if Henrietta Hen, like, could talk to you, and she just sees you in the grocery store, and she's like, oh, nice day. And, like, you sneak and, like, pull some of her potential babies out of a thing and, and eat her babies. <laughs> well, I guess, well, I guess the, the chicken that laid the eggs that are in your refrigerator didn't sit and talk about how, you know, the existence of her entire line and the future of her species is in this container on her back. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I would give it pause. <laughs> I'm not saying which well, direction I would go after that, but... But as someone who has dropped chicken eggs in front of chickens, yeah. you know, if that if that chicken, though sentient, still acted like the way chickens act, I would still have no sympathy. Oh, yeah. They're, the, they're <laughs> monsters. <laughs> uh, now, I have to say, at like one point... Oh, yeah. At one point during this episode, I have expected this voice to go, Hagrid, is that you? <laughs> they were like so sorry we're leaving we're leaving i cannot deny my children fresh meat when it wanders so willingly into our midst goodbye friend so this episode taught me like it showed me the kind of the tension that i have with this show is okay i, I think if the season had if if the season was longer than eight episodes, I think I would be more tolerant of, you know, let's go on an adventure. 
like let's go on an adventure you know episode to episode filler you know sort of like more procedural style storytelling that that are that is more self-contained but i i say that my one criticism of season one was when if you took out episode six the prison break episode you know the mandalorian could have been a movie you could have edited it together you could have edited that, that that together as a movie and I think I would have been a little bit more tolerant of, you know, the, the self-contained, you know, smaller scale stories if, you know, these were 12 to 15 episode seasons. Do you think because, like bottle episodes work in a larger catalog of episodes? Yes. Yes. Because otherwise with eight episodes, I feel like this is this is just kind of a really long movie. Yeah. It was a little movie, especially with some of these episodes only being thirty minutes. It was a great episode. I think it was. I think it worked. I, I think it worked really well as as an episode. I was just like, listen, the season one finale had a black lightsaber that has huge implications. Let's get down to business, people. <laughs> I I agree. Let, but I let's also get to the stuff that to like loop back like. We're going to already start seeing Jedi and we're already bringing back like characters that we've seen a thousand times and recycling them back in where I wanted like a fresh jump. I mean, we're talking about a galaxy full of aliens and creatures and we're already looping back on people we've already seen. Like we could have, we could go off on a a whole new, even like a, a, a gangbuster story about how we're getting this dude back, you know, this little baby back to his people or her people. But but we're already bringing back other characters. We're now, self-contained. Heard, we're putting it back in the box. Now, I've heard it said that, you know, this could possibly be just, this is speculation, nothing to kind of, I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. Although, Lucasfilm, if you want to tell us things, please, by all means. <laughs> uh, the I've heard it said that there, that this is sort of like the season of spinoffs, where they're kind oh. of testing testing the waters of like a Bo-Katan show, an Ahsoka Tana show, maybe taking like, give Cod Vanth his own like mini series movie. Like, you know, you take all of these sort of like touchstone minor characters that have an established fan base and spinning them off into their own, and spinning them off into their own thing. Through, through the Mandalorian, through, you know, through what we already have established with this character. Yeah, right. I could, yeah. honestly, I could see that happening, not because they're compelling characters and not because fans are clamoring to see more of them, but because of the giant restructuring going on inside of Disney right now in their movie division. Yeah. Like, yeah. they are apparently, like, throwing the throttle open on streaming. Because we're not going to movie theaters. Like, right now yeah yeah like i i saw uh over halloween that uh hocus pocus was on freeform and that the hocus pocus marathon was being sponsored by disney plus and it felt like to me it it felt like to me like amazon hosting an event at barnes and nobles It's like, uh, yeah, you know, sure, they're all part of the same company, but Freeform is sitting there going, I'm in 
danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, like, you know, Disney Plus is, Disney Plus in many ways is the Disney business right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it is the gold standard of the Disney business. It is the Disney business right now. And that's where things are going because people aren't going to theaters, people aren't going to parks, and cable is dying. Yeah. Yeah. Cable is dying. I wouldn't be surprised in the next five years we hear, okay, the ESPN channel proper is coming to ESPN Plus. And when that happens, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if ESPN leaves cable? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Done. Yeah. 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 So you're saying that this, they're t- calling this the season of spinoffs. Yeah. Are they, well, these. This is just friend speculation. It's not really like nothing's been announced. Nothing has really been rumored, but this is just what people are thinking kind of like where, why they are taking this season the way that they are. Yeah. You know, taking Bo-Katan because, you know, Katie Stackhoff can lead her own show. She's done it before. He's done it before. Well, what did you think of the, uh, I've called them the frost spiders since then i mean they were fine kind of monster of the week stuff yeah i liked him uh when he was first messing with the egg i was like is this where we get like alien is part of this universe and there's gonna be like a <laughs> face hugger jump out on him and it's gonna be a thing um but no i thought they were i thought they're pretty good in the boba fett books there was this uh, species of spiders that lived in space and like built like a space station web that just floated in space. And like, that's where you got your bounty hunter contracts was like, he was the broker of information and all of his millions of spider babies were connected with like a neural fiber that like went and did his bidding. What? It's fantastic. Now it gets kind of weird. Cause like spoilers for a book that doesn't count anymore, but uh, what like he dies and there's one that survived by like detaching itself without letting the big one know. And its name was balance sheet. Cause it was the one that like did all of his numbers. And then he like takes the throne as the broker of, of bounties in the galaxy. So, so any spider character I'm fine with in star Wars, this one just wasn't it. It didn't talk like those did, but yeah. 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 Super cool. oh, I really that would be interesting. Aid to see if they could pull it off in television, because that's such a wild concept that I, I I I'd be interested to see how they pulled that one off. Yeah, I mean, they pulled off um, the city of London being re- relocated to the back of a space whale in Doctor Who. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> that's that's Doctor Who. You know, Doc. That that's just you. You just expect that from them. <laughs> yeah. So was it? Did I, go ahead, Tyler. So for me, the frost spiders are another way to connect the Star Wars universe. They look oddly familiar to some spider-like creatures that are also in Star Wars Rebels. And additionally, um, they were originally that that. That design, those creatures were originally designed for the Empire Strikes Back and didn't quite make the cut. So, A, it's a nod to the 40th anniversary of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, 
but additionally, um, they they are very very similar to some creatures um, in in rebels. So I was kind of not were glad to see that. Were those the creatures on that asteroid episode where Hera and Sabine like the 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 creatures in the dark? So I'm I'm thinking more of that. Where that uh, Kanan shortly after he is blinded starts to sense around the yes okay you know what i'm talking about um he, he yes yes i haven't seen season three and four of rebel since airing yeah so, okay but yeah so so i was really glad to see something that looked that same. they're not ice spiders on that planet but they are they are land dwelling in kind of an arid more desert type setting yeah okay Makes yeah. me wonder if they, these aren't completely, I mean, they are on ice, obviously, but they were in that like hot springs right? Yeah. sauna. And maybe that's like the only place that they can like eggs. survive. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, like baby Yoda, baby Yoda running to Mando when all the eggs were hatching was absolutely adorable. <laughs> right. I do, I have a feeling that Frog Lady is going to be uh, more consequential than we think. And I hope I have, so. I have nothing from prior knowledge of Rebels or or Clone Wars or any other like Star Wars pantheon to to like pull from, but um, I feel like when Baby Yoda like puts his hand on the glass. And the I, I everybody says, oh, he just pulled the eggs closer to him, like with the force. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like there might be a little bit more of a connection there than we are aware of. This is all purely speculation because I mean Yoda is essentially a frog-like creature too. That is true. That is true. Um, and also it's established that like okay they're not technically animals in the you know the lower well lower forms of life forms that say humans to chickens are but there is you know established connection like you know that force wielders and force sensitives in rebels of you know communicating with animals yeah right. and like having animals like having a force connection with animals so, you know, that could very much play into play, put call into play since we are now going to be moving into, you know, episode three or chapter 11 is definitely opening this up to the larger Star Wars universe. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cap off the discussion of this episode. I will send it to you guys. There is a, and I'm going to plug them here. There's a couple on Instagram. Um, their account is called Wind Geeks craft uh and it's nicole and terry and they make all kinds of stuff they've got a glowforge too that's how i first found them uh but they um makes a lot of stuff with epoxy but the other day i don't know what kind of wild hair they got on but they got a clear jar a pitcher uh and made um jello shots to look like the eggs inside of the canister <laughs> and then made some sort of blue cocktail for the eggs to float in. 
And that's what they had while they were watching the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm like, I shared, I think it's actually still live on our stories. Um, my wife and our Instagram is at William and Kristen, but I will, I will link to their account in the show notes. They make all kinds of stuff that just celebrates fandom. But I, I thought that was just genius. <laughs> yes. And, I would dead look you right in the face, dip my hand down <laughs> at a party <laughs> and just... <laughs> I feel like I needed a jello shot to wrap my head around what was happening in episode three. Okay. The storyline for me was relatively straightforward. It was like the pirates commandeering a ship. I get it. But Mm -hmm. there's so many like, like names dropped and like winks and nods that I'm like, I, I think that's important. I, so ex- for someone who is naive in the sense that I've just watched the movies, what happened? Tyler, do you want me to go or do you? Go ahead. We've watched the cartoons. Right. <laughs> okay. So Mandalore, as we understand it, has been an, in play in Star Wars television since you know the, the early days of the Clone Wars. So Mandalore in the books, they, there was this whole backstory and this whole history to Mandalore in the books. There were these warrior tribes, warrior people, you know, very similar to, you know, the, the kind of Mandalorian that, you know, our Dinjajaran or whatever his name is, <laughs> is. You know, very warrior tribe, this, this like religious fanaticism to war. Mandalore was a place that was riveted by war in the differing clans for centuries. Okay. And in the old expanded universe, it, they were very much that same way during the Clone Wars. George Lucas shifted that. And I'm giving everyone a primer on Clone Wars, so spoilers abound. Um, George Lucas shifted that, and Mandalore became one of the leaders of the neutral planets during the Clone Wars. They wanted to stay out of the war because Mandalore, as a warring people, was now being led by a pacifist, uh, one Duchess Satine, whom, by the way, was a lady friend to our favorite General Kenobi. You know, know, boyfriend, you know, if... If they if it had worked out worked out for them, you know, you know, Luke would have been raised by Obi Wan Kenobi and Duchess Satine after <laughs> Episode Three. If it had worked out for them, but with that being, you know, with that being, so Mandalore at the time of the Clone Wars was a neutral planet. With that being, was a neutral planet, and they were trying to prescribe to pacifism and peace. With that being said, there was this cult the Death Watch that wanted to return Mandalore back to its glory days as a warring, as a warrior race of people. And so the ongoing theory is, and then throughout the course of the show, Duchess Satine was deposed by none other than by Death Watch being led by none other than Darth Maul. Oh, led by none other than Darth Maul, was deposed, and Mandalore fell into violence and chaos, and then the Empire took over. And Darth Maul led the Death Watch. 
Bo-Katan, the red... to be okay with the fact that Darth Maul is not in some trash compactor somewhere sliced in half? Well, I mean, he was in a trash compactor sliced in half, but the dark side kept him alive. Anyways. He fell um, in a circular hole, and in Star Wars, you don't die. <laughs> exactly. We got, we got the... We got Palpatine, we got him, and now Boba's confirmed it, as long as it is a perfect circle. <laughs> You are not like wrong. An umpire that, that, that measures it is like, we're good. Well, it, as far as Darth Maul's return is concerned, you just got to accept that he survived being cut in half. And once you do, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, okay. once you can get over that, once you get over that hump, it's amazing. Bo Katan, Katie Sackhoff's character, which, by the way, she voiced it in The Clone Wars and Rebels. So this was her taking this character that she's voiced for over a decade now to live action. Oh, was, so she was the voice actor. Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. Um, she was one of the leaders of Death Watch, but also the sister of Duchess Satine. So base, the leader of Mandalore. So she technically has claim to the throne. Yeah. To the, to the throne of Mandalore. And when Maul took over Death Watch, she was just like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And so she defected and she she defected and you know went on her merry way. What it appears to be is that the surviving members of Death Watch started the cult, the children of the watch, and the foundlings. And that's where Armando comes in. He was a they fat. became more religious. He's yeah. Kind of an extremist. The, uh, they became more religious, more fanatical in their in their beliefs. The whole not taking off their helmets, not doing all of that, not taking off their helmets, all of the sort of like, you know, religious like beliefs that our Mandalorian subscribes to, you know, basically our Mandalorian was our Mandalorian was raised in a cult. Yeah. And because in regular Mandalore, they take off their helmets all the time. There's no compunction about that, which made me really wondering what the heck happened because that was never a thing in the prior canon, in the prior stories. And so Bo-Katan, and so in Star Wars Rebels, so in Star Wars Rebels, okay, Darth Maul, you know, was the last person in the Clone Wars to wield the Darksaber. The okay. Darksaber, long story short, is essentially the Excalibur of Mandalore. Whoever wields this has the right to the throne of Mandalore. Yeah, it's, you know, it's this mythical object because thousands of years in Star Wars hist- ago in Star Wars history, Mandalore and the Jedi fought. There was a great war, you know, and the lead, the, one of the first leaders of the United Mandalore, you know, slew a Jedi and took his black lightsaber. Yeah. And it became, you know, sort of this, like, symbol of I have the right to rule because I wield the black lightsaber. And so Darth Maul, at the end of Clone Wars, was the last one to get it. Um, Our Rebels crew in Star Wars Rebels found it whenever they encountered Darth Maul. And Sabine Wren, who who is the Mandalorian character in Star Wars Rebels, handed it off to Bo-Katan for Bo-Katan to free Mandalore from the grips of the Empire. Now, and she was going to lead her people to free Mandalore from the Empire. Well, 
that's the last we heard of it. Then the purge happened that wiped out most of Mandalore and Moff Gideon now has the Darksaber. So uh, that's why she was really, really pissed at the fact that, um, at the fact that, you know, Gideon had the lights. It was, that's why she's looking for the Darksaber because she was the last one to have it. And the man who led the purge is now wielding it. Does that make any sense? No, 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 it makes sense. Yeah. Um, see, none of that yeah. was like Moff Gideon emerging with the Darksaber was another one of those moments. And I'm like, that's probably important because the camera took exactly mm-hmm. two minutes to pan up on the wreckage of that ship, like building up to the reveal of that Darksaber coming out. I'm like, oh, okay, he's got this funny looking lightsaber. Mm hmm. That's what you end it with? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, all of the Clone Wars people was like, <gasps> where they saw it. And so, now what we're going to be seeing, and so, once they did that, I knew that this season was just going to be, meet this legacy character, meet this legacy character, meet this legacy character. Yeah. Because they had just opened it up to the larger universe. Um, they, they just opened it up to the larger universe, and as far as finding baby Yoda, getting baby Yoda back to his pe- people, there are really only two options at play at this point in the universe. And that is Luke Skywalker, which I think they're scared to death after Solo to cast someone new as Luke Skywalker, um, which I'm like, no, Sebastian Stan, you <laughs> cast Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker and call it a day for for this time frame yep or you know ahsoka tano who was anakin skywalker's apprentice in the clone wars who has survived throughout order 66 survived order 66 and throughout the original trilogy by going around saying that she's no jedi and by saying that she's no jedi she can survive when because yoda says when i'm gone last of the jedi you will be you know and so she is still alive as of five years post Return of the Jedi. Basically, is Gandalf? Would you say, Tyler? Say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she was mentioned in toward the end of uh, the yeah. third episode of season two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's notable saying that your best bet to find the Jedi is Ahsoka Tano on whatever planet. She mm-hmm. Right. Because. Basically, Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano are the last two like really well-trained Force users at this point that have any knowledge of the Jedi yeah. and like the Jedi of old. That those those are the last those are the last two left standing, and I think they're not going to touch Luke with a ten-foot pole for now. Well, I and mean, then... likes to recycle their actors. Sebastian Stan is literally already in a Disney Plus show that's getting ready to. to debut next year <laughs> i mean yeah sure but i think after you know some of the backlash of the last jedi they were kind of wanting to leave luke skywalker alone for a while yeah. um yeah luke, they want to leave luke skywalker alone for a while so really it's ahsoka tano and episode i don't think we're going to see ahsoka in the next episode because episode five is written by dave filoni and da- this is his baby yeah you know, this is his baby. He's he every episode that is Ahsoka centric he wrote. It's like it's his river song. 
Ugh. Yeah. River. It's his river song. And so, you know, she's going to be, she's going to probably going to show up like Luke Skywalker style in episode seven, you know, where they find her at the absolute last moment. And then they have her episode in episode five. So that's sort of the larger world. And I think what is going to happen here is that they're going to, the way that they expand it is that our Mandalorian is going to lead the revolution to save Mandalore and to bring Mandalore back and to restore Mandalore and fight off the Imperial remnant that is still keeping Mandalore down and to restore Mandalore as a people, as a whole to the rightful planet, to the rightful place in the galaxy. Give him and like not the- a William Wallace aragorn like arc where he's reluctant to take up the mantle but once he does he proves to be a fantastic leader of like get out of the um what do they call it strider like get out of the the lone like bounty hunter arc and step into a bigger purpose i could see that yeah and you kind of in and if they're going to go there, they have to bring in Bo-Katan because she is technically heir to the throne. Um, they, they're going to have to bring in the Darksaber. And I think, you know, we're going to find out that our Mandalorian is Force-sensitive. And he... Not. <laughs> why do you have to turn... Like, he's just such a cool character on his own. Like, why does he have to be a Jedi? Yeah. Nobody, like, it's unheard of at this point. Jedi and Sith... And, like, they're just legends that people talk about every once in a while. So stop shoving it in each Star Wars thing we have. Just let them be people doing things in space. And that's the thing, like, Dallas, like, you walked into The Mandalorian hoping for that, like, Western every week doing different bounty hunter job. It was that premise that made me go... Out of all the Disney Plus shows, The Mandalorian was the one that I was lo- looking um, I was looking forward to the least that were announced. And then I saw Baby Yoda, and I'm like, oh. See, I'm all <laughs> That's all where they're going. Like, in, anytime there's been a Star Wars thing, like, once you start adding uh, Jedi into it, like, their character just trumps everyone else's character, because, like, they're invincible and can do whatever they want to and use magic to stop everything else. Like there was even a, a video game. It all comes back to the video game. So <laughs> there was an online video game that was all like, you could be whoever you wanted to be. It was a massively multiplayer star Wars galaxies. You could be a bounty hunter. You could be a smuggler. You could be uh, a soldier and, and just go live your life. You could open up a store. You could do whatever you wanted to go mine stuff. Uh, then they started adding uh, Jedi to it. it, ruined the entire game, and it eventually just shut down. Because like once you were able to play that character, it could just trump any other character. Yeah. Because like it could stop bullets, it could push you down, it could do anything it wanted to before you ever got to it, and so it was just too overpowered. It was the kind of the Captain Marvel at the end of you know like well they're just going to do everything and wrap it all up themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Where. And and in the grander story of Star Wars, they were very few and far between, especially in this time frame. Like, mm. they're just kind of heard of every once in a while, you know? Uh, uh, well, that's is, the thing. In a galaxy of trillions, 
you know, there were only at the height of their powers, 10,000 Jedi. And there's very few left now. So all of a sudden, like in two episodes, he talks to two people and they're like, oh yeah, she's living over here. No big deal. Like he found her way too fast. Yeah. Like nobody's heard of these people in forever. But again, they sang songs about the legend. Well, and, and then again, like also side note, the armorer, her the horns on her helmet definitely make a bit more sense in the context of Darth Maul. Yeah. You know, that that's an that's an ode oh, yeah. an, an ode to Darth Maul. Um well, it, you know, we were because we were dealing with like 30 plus years of active suppression of all Jedi knowledge. But there are still people that remembered them that knew who they were, that fought with them. Bo-Katan fought with the Jedi in the Clone Wars. Yeah. She was like in her 20s during the during the age of the Clone Wars. And and I so I love that I keep every time you mention her, the fact that Katie Sackhoff has played that character for is it a decade? Yeah. Like who better suited to play an on-screen version of that character? Like other but than that, Dave Filoni, who like I you said that Dave Filoni was like Ahsoka Tano was like his river song. Like he wrote her, but yeah, I mean, several different writers had to have written for Bo Katan. But one character played that and had to get in that mindset. It, it's almost like when Paul Bettany became Jarvis in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. He voiced him for years and got to bring him to life as Vision. Like that's that's my only reference for the commitment of voicing the character too. Yeah, uh-huh. the only reference I had it for is, her it... was Longmire. So this was a <laughs> jarring change. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I knew that it was what, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, she was in. Well, the the only reason I knew that um, Katie Sackhoff was in Battlestar Galactica was because of that weird season where Howard would have these fantasies about Katie Sackhoff and Katie Sa- on Big Bang Theory, <laughs> and Katie Sackhoff would actually appear in the tub covered in bubbles across from him and be like, Howard, <laughs> you're alone in your own tub. You need to grow up. And then just... That was that was the that was the I think that was the only thing that I had actually watched and seen Kitty Sackle in. <laughs> um, so it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they take it. I, I really hope Rosario. I, I'll be interested to see who play if Rosario Dawson is actually going to play Ahsoka, because I really think that you know they should just give it to Ashley Eckstein. She's been voicing that character way more than Katie Sackhoff did with Bo-Katan. She's been in it for a decade plus. They should let her, they should be the ones to let her, to let her play that character. And they've actually kind of been like moving her older modeling to look more like Ashley Eckstein in the CGI. So that the possibility of her playing her in live action could be more and more feasible. But I don't know. Like, I think because because I think you know I think Ahsoka is going to be one and done in this season because the way she has been presenting herself is that she comes in at the moment where the poo really hits the fan and there's really no other option. But she's very much throughout the course of you know the Empire, especially through Rebels, she stays out of the way. 
she knows that it's not her place to get involved in big galactic events while she's going off doing four spiritual things. You know, she didn't like she had she played a role. Only the only the biggest role that she played in Star Wars Rebels was to fight Vader. Like our Rebels crew could not survive a fight against Vader. They needed her to step in so that they would live. And so, you know, she very much stays out of the picture, sort of like in this Gandalf way where she only gets involved where things where where things are absolutely necessary. She only it's absolutely necessary. Nick Fury hits the pager before he's dusted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she's kind of like the Captain Marvel of, you know, this this universe. She's out there but she lets everyone else try to figure it out and then she'll come in and kick butt and then come in and kick butt in order so that they can live to fight another day. Yeah. Um, and so I think she's going to definitely going to be one and done because there's a whole other story that needs to be told with her, especially after the end, especially after the end of rebels, they left the ending of rebels wide open as to you know more stories with her and i don't think the mandalorian is the proper place to place that story yeah so it it'll be interesting to see where they where they take it um because really in terms of if you're going to go there if you're going to have baby yoda which by the way prediction i think ahsoka is going to say actually say baby yoda in the show because she knew Yoda. <laughs> like, she'll see the child for the first time and be like, oh, he's like a little baby Yoda. And then everyone <laughs> deadpans to the camera for like five seconds and then... <laughs> <laughs> it moves on. So I think that, you know, I think she'll be one and done. She'll, she'll give the information that Armando needs and then move on. Right. Um, now... I don't want her to become, become really involved for the same reason that, you know, Dallas says, you know, it's hard to use force users in these scenarios. Yeah. Now there, the yeah. last, the game that came out last year, the fallen order is considered Canon. And in that it is the spoiler. Can I, can I give away the end of that? Tyler, have you played it? The fallen order. Uh, they get a holocron of all of the like force sensitive children, right? that were documented mm -hmm. uh, destroy it. But he retains that knowledge, the main character as they leave. And so I'll be interested to see if maybe he pops up because he knows where they all are, like the locations of, of where all of the uh, posts what revenge of the Sith pre a new hope uh, mm. for sensitive children are located. Yeah, because so there's if, if Mando's on the hunt to turn them down or run them down, you know. Because there was this underlying subplot in you know the posts in the Clone Wars and then in Rebels of Palpatine capturing Force-sensitive children for him to either kill them or do his bidding. Right. And so to eliminate them as possible to to eliminate them by either indoctrinating them into the dark side as possible threats and you know baby yoda is probably definitely within that category of that's why he was in the grips of the empire yeah well he's in the grips of the empire because 
he may be even be a clone of Yoda. Right. Because the Emperor sure likes his clones. Yeah. And this is true. Yes. The the Emperor sure likes his clone, maybe a clone of Baby Yoda. One thing that you know I've been thinking about a lot is I have really soured on the sequel trilogy. You know, just kind of the more the more I think about it with the sequel trilogy. And I'm I'm wondering if A, they're either going to try to acknowledge as the closer we get to the sequel trilogy and plot elements and plot threads to the sequel trilogy, what they're going to do with that, or are they just going to ignore that completely and entirely? Because I don't think Disney knows what to do with the sequel trilogy now. Right. What do y'all think? Uh, I think their options are to either like kind of chop it off and ignore it or try to fill in all the gaps with side story and episodes to try to to make it give sense. it legs to stand on again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they should do yeah. that with this one, but because there is definitely a plot thread of, there. Because there's definitely a plot thread there of like you know the early days of the first order, the early days of you know Palpatine trying to survive and. All of that, maybe, you know, Baby Yoda is a clone experiment in order for Palpatine to get a full body again. Right. Like, just, it, it, it'll be interesting to see where they take it or whether or not they just kind of ignore the sequel trilogy and end it before those threads really take hold. Yeah. I, right. Because, it yeah. would. I feel like it, it'd be... If they, they can do it right, great, but I feel like they'd just be shoehorning. Yeah. I don't know. Which comes to, like, does this show have, like, very long legs, or is this show going to be over when Baby Yoda's story arc is over? Like, is that what wraps this show up, or is that just the big arc this time, and then it's going to pick up with some other bonkers story and just keep going? I hope it keeps going because it's named. It's called the Mandalorian. It's yeah, not right. Yeah, the the, the, the Baby Yoda show. Yeah, I mean it. Like, I the moment that I saw Baby Yoda, I was like, okay, this is no longer the Mandalorian. It's ba- the Adventures of Baby Yoda and his Mando nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Mando Poppins. <laughs> I, I really. <laughs> I really don't mean to bring this back to Harry Potter every time, but every time you kept saying Armando, I kept thinking of the headmaster before Dumbledore, Armando Dippet. <laughs> same person. I was like, what? Oh, no. Exact same person. It's a crossover. Yeah. So, okay. For me, the, I, I know where Fantastic Beast is going just based off my, my prior knowledge of Harry Potter and all of the expanded stuff outside of the, the books themselves. I know nothing about this story from somebody who is experiencing it and has no idea where it's going. Where do you guys see it going or do you have a prediction? Tyler, you've been quiet. Well, I I really, I'm kind of going along for the ride. Uh, I really hope things just continue once, once baby Yoda's story arc is finished. If it does finish, uh, I hope that um, we get more Mando. 
I hope we get to yeah. see more of what Dallas would like to see. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing some, you know, different various bounty bounty adventures that make maybe could stand alone even. I'm okay with that. Dallas. Um, I see things like obviously there's going to be a giant clash with Moff Gideon's going to catch up eventually somewhere, and we're going to see something. I think you you're probably close and this is all going to culminate on Mandalore and we're going to see, see something there with the characters they brought in, in the last episode. Uh, I kind of hope that Boba stays gone, but they never brought up his ship, which was slave one. And that was kind of a big deal with him and Django. And so I don't know if that'll ever come into play. I kind of hope it maybe doesn't. Um, but I, I hope, I hope I don't want it to. I don't want them to start raking in so many extra characters that we're kind of supposed to already know things about that it gets too heavy um, with having to have prior knowledge to know what's going on at all. Uh, having little winks yeah. and nods are fine, um, but I'll because this show is really good about not dumping a bunch of exposition for you to kind of know what's going on. Yeah, and I don't want them to start putting enough yeah. characters in to have to do that to hold them up. In this last episode, yeah. they kind of did that. You could get by if you didn't know, but like, like William said, like you kind of had to know to really understand what was going on with those people. They didn't explain it. Like I, I, I extensively as maybe to know it was a thing, but I didn't know what the thing was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I really. I, I think it. there's. A... Go ahead. Go on. No. Go ahead. Um. I think there's a, I think there is something to be said about kind of dropping you in it and knowing it telling just enough to enjoy the episode as a standalone episode, but also being like, Hey, there's this huge backstory and it's all on Disney plus check it out. Um, oh yeah. Check- like they're trying to loop you into everything else in mm. during the last season they had, uh, like an entire like curated list of watch these seven episodes of of Clone Wars to know like that reference things that are going on in the Mandalorian. Uh, so All of the Mandalorians. Yeah, mm. I get I get that, um, but don't get too far in the weeds because there are people that are a lot of people that are not going to do that. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. There's still that aversion to animation that it's like, right. oh it's animated it must be kid stuff and i think tyler and all i can both attest to you that the last four episodes of the clone wars is the best star wars movie in 40 years (laughs) (laughs) i've tried like i i just can't i can't continue to go like i try to jump back in it and then i bounce back out um it just hasn't hooked me and and ahsoka's character just had impressed me uh, enough to want her to come in fair enough but like I, in the, the where I left off in the cartoons, she's very young, and so well, maybe that like, might be why. Wasn't she like fourteen or something when Anakin took her as her apprentice? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah she was. Like, do, she was a teenage. And like well, I, I mean, you. you I listened to the audio book of the Clone Wars, like the first one with Stinky, and that really left a bad taste in my mouth. So. <laughs> I've had a, a bad hard time. <laughs> Would you that have a character named Stinky in a like 
stamped this is what this is our flagship where we're gonna start i it's hard for me to follow after that yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, like that movie kept me from watching the clone wars for a very long time like yeah. i did not wa- i did not watch the show for a very long time and honestly it wasn't because it was stinky the hut it was this really nerdy reason of hearing an electric guitar and a star wars score and I'm like, well, yeah, Judge Williams would never do that. Judge Williams. <laughs> Judge. <laughs> and this was 17-year-old me. Um, and it just, like, it, but as the show went on, and, you know, the first episode that I watched after, you know, after being kind of burned on the movie was, was burned on the movie was the uh, uh, Maul versus Palpatine fight with the Darksaber. Gotcha. So, and I just was like, what is this? Why is the lightsaber black? Oh my gosh, Palpatine is kicking butt. This is everything (laughs) I ever wanted in life. (laughs) And I remember I was in a hotel. I was in a hotel room when I watched that episode and I found myself jumping on the bed right next to me before the episode (laughs) was over. I don't even know how that happened. So maybe I need to watch like an a further episode and then a rewind. Yeah. And then like through. the show ends beautifully well three times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like when it was canceled the first time, then the lost episodes that were on Netflix, and then this like returned season, like straight up. The the finale of Clone Wars is so good is so good it's so beautiful it's on mandalore like the animation puts pixar to shame and it (laughs) i'm not even kidding to truly know ahsoka you really really need to know those last few episodes of the clone wars like straight up it's just like i've honestly just watched the mall stuff watch the stuff with Maul, just go de- dive right in with Maul. That's where the show shines. And I think what they're going to, like, that's where the show shines. Rebels, you know, and, and what kind of worries me about the legacy characters being in this as much as they were, was that in Rebels, I don't think the Rebels characters ever reached the same heights as when Clone Wars characters came out was in the show meaning that you know the show got amazing when clone wars characters showed up it was good when it was just rebels characters and so that that's what worries me about that that's what worries me about you know bringing in all these legacy characters is because our mandalorian is amazing so has ended do what Rebels has ended. Rebels has ended. Yes. Clone Wars has ended. Mm-hmm. So the meme of the tiny little RC car pulling the two like semi trucks, one labeled Disney and one labeled Star Wars, with the executive like, <laughs> because all of the hopes and dreams of both Disney and Star Wars is yeah. resting on the Mandalorian is true. Yes. Yes. It Mandalorian's it for Star Wars right now until the High Republic starts up. Yeah. And is it a cartoon? It's, it's books for now. 
Is it? It's just it's just books for now, and so like I'm, I'm they're going to test the waters to see if this is an era like an era that they can you know make more stuff out of. It's supposed to be like yeah. thousands of years in the past, right? Two hundred years before. Because it's yeah, not old republic. This is high republic. Yes, it is. It is far enough in the past that it is completely different. The Jedi are not completely corrupt like they were in... Soon enough in the past, Yoda could be there? You can get occasional cameos from Yoda. A younger 700-year-old Yoda. (laughs) 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 And so, like... He just started tapping into his 401k Yoda. Right, yeah. He's running at the end of his career. Yes. And so, like, I, you know, this is really it for Star Wars. And as far as the stuff that I want from Mandalorian, I, I honestly, I want Braveheart meets Western meets Star Wars. Yeah, like, I see that. Let, like, that's what's going to bust loose. Yeah. Like, let this be the hero's journey. Like, let this be the hero's journey that we may or may not have gotten from the sequel trilogy. And, you know, that. let Arjun Jajaran, you know, be the hero be the hero because yeah yes you know fun westerns westerns are going to be fun but at the same time i think people are mainly there to see where this ties in to the larger where this ties into the larger story because this is still star wars and there's a larger world at play yeah here there's a larger world there's a larger world at play here so you know i mean we'll see i yeah I am with no prior knowledge. I'm enjoying it. Yep. Like it's it's event television again, and I think it's it's good for Disney to not just pull a Netflix and drop everything at once because uh, you yes. build buzz. Uh, you get the Twitter tweeting, yeah, and people are talking about it, and it's oh, did you see the new episode? Instead of did you binge the whole season? Um, I mean, good on them. I, I hope that this is uh, a beacon of what's to come for other Disney Plus original shows that are coming, uh, especially WandaVision. That's the yeah. one show that seems absolutely bonkers that I'm even more optimistic for now because of how good they've done with The Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm. Is it going to be a drop once a week type of... I don't know. I think all of their shows are going to be, except for like the ones that were on cable, like all of the shows that, that that aired first on cable. I think all of their shows are going to be, you know, once a week. They need to. Yeah, yeah. got to get those and, to keep people subscribed to Disney Plus because that's their only business model now. For right, for yeah. a month. For a month, they dropped the free trial of Disney Plus, the free trial period of Disney Plus when Hamilton came out. Yeah, to get that six ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> when Hamilton came out, you know they they dropped that six ninety nine. They didn't want anyone to have a seven day free trial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's Stars, this. This has. I, this has been fun, and I like it because I didn't have a lot to say, and I learned a lot. And mm-hmm. as Cody will probably like very heartily 
uh, agree with. Um, sometimes I do have a lot to say. Yes. Uh, but it's I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes just as a casual fan. And it, it excites me to see you all excited about where it's going, knowing more about the universe than I do. Um, if only other franchises can. <laughs> casual. <laughs> as well. If- if I may make a, if I may make a recommendation to at least Tyler and Dallas, if you haven't read the books, Catalyst and Rebel Rising, um, from the Rogue, they're the two novels from the Rogue One that that spun off from Rogue One. Those are probably the two best examples of, you know, using an expanded universe that supplements the story, that enhances the story, but you don't need to know it. And right. join the enjoy the main property. I would recommend that to everyone listening. Like read those two books. I lit. I read Catalyst before I saw Rogue One, and it just made the movie that much more enjoyable, as it stood. Yeah. And so, and so you know, I hope Mandalorian doesn't get to the point to where it's like you have to have this extensive back knowledge in order to understand what the heck is going on. They haven't yeah. gotten there yet. We shall see where the future holds. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, um, <laughs> thanks for jumping on for Mando talk. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I am going to uh, attempt to get this out um, for anyone listening to listen to it before episode four. And we're planning on jumping on to do um, recap as more episodes um, come out. If we can do them sooner, um, um, at least every two episodes, but I like this three. It kind of felt like a, uh, like act one, act two, act three to the podcast itself. Um, but, uh, if, if you, if you like this kind of content, I mean, please interact with us. Uh, we're on Twitter at doctor and lawyer. Uh, you can find me and my wife, what we do creatively at William and Kristen and Cody. Um, Cody is actually tweeting from our, uh, Twitter account right now. Like that has kind of become his main, um, source of interaction. So yeah, yeah, hit him up there. Um, are, do you guys have any Avenue that you would want if people wanted to connect with you too? Cause I know you've kind of become semi-regulars around here. Uh, I'm just on Facebook. <laughs> that's, that's really <laughs> only social media. I give you my address, I guess, <laughs> if you want to come hang out, but, um, Facebook is just, no, where I hang out. no social media. <laughs> well, I, I will plug um, Tyler's uh, family's account. Um, they are beginning to uh, like document their their journey of building their their dream home and kind of simplifying their life. And that I think I was their first follower. Not to brag, but um, that's <laughs> that'll be a fun one to um, interact with. I think Brianna is. Uh, your wife is, is, but I mean, you can um, go give them a follow too. Um, and if you want to like help us um, to support the show and to um, help us do some good as well, we actually do have a Patreon. Uh, it's um, patreon.com slash doctor and lawyer. Um, and outside of covering the cost just to simply host the show, anything and everything above that, we're going to give away. Um, we're going to crowdsource who we're going to give it to. That's our leaving the tip at the end of uh, what two doctors, a lawyer, and a uh, college professor walk into a bar. When we get it, <laughs> that's our tip. 
Um, but until then, um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. And fellas, it's been great. And I'll see you guys later too. See you later. This is yes. the way. I have spoken. <laughs> this is the way. Dallas, I wish we were like biological brothers. I needed backup growing up. <laughs> I thought you met you and William, and I was like, wait, I thought this whole time you were. <laughs> <laughs> <Surprise>! <laughs> this is not how I thought that would ever uh, get revealed. <laughs>